Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are taking a look at Spiral from the Book of Saw. This is the latest in the Saw franchise, although it's kind of a spinoff. It is a original Chris Rock idea for Chris Rock, the stand-up comedian and sometimes actor and lately very much actor, uh, decided he wanted to make a Saw movie and kind of inject some of his comedy into it, but still make it Saw. And that's what he did. And the results, uh, well, we'll get into it in the conversation. Joining me on this episode is Carlo from the Thief's Monthly Movie Loot Podcast. And we have a great conversation with some uh, really good puzzle pieces, I think. So we'll be getting into that in a minute. But before we do, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got a lot of episodes on the way, so uh, make sure to click that subscribe button. And if you like what we do here on the show, make sure to rate and review us. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And you could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And don't forget about our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And last but not least, before we get into this conversation, I do want to remind you, we have a Patreon. You might even be hearing this on the Patreon right now if you're one of our subscribers. But uh, over on our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, I combine content from this podcast as well as some of the other podcasts I'm involved with and my music career. So lots of great content over there. We are uh, pushing a whole lot of extra new content on there in the next couple of weeks here. So uh, definitely check that out. It's the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So let's get into today's episode about Spiral. All right, so we're going to get into Spiral from the Book of Saw. And joining me to help me with it is Carlo from the Thief's Monthly Movie Loot Podcast. Carlo, how's it going? Everything cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before we get into Spiral, uh, it's your first time on the show. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Well, I'm from Puerto Rico. My name is Carlo, like you said. And I'm a, I always say I'm a cinephile by heart and a IT technician by necessity uh, mm-hmm. because I work IT. Well, really, my, my real passion is movies. That's why I have my own podcast, Thief's Monthly Movie, like you said where I talk about the films I watch every month, where I talk with guests. I have guests and, and talk about different topics, different movie topics. And 
and that's it. Cool, cool, yeah. And you know, obviously, you you talk about like a wide range of movie related topics and stuff like that. Are horror movies a big uh, passion of yours? Yes, um, I usually my my favorite genre. If I I, I watch everything, uh, mm. but my favorite genre tends to be thrillers. But then maybe horror, sci-fi. That's more or less my jam. Okay, good, good. Yeah, because um, not necessarily mine. <laughs> so going <laughs> going into a movie like Spiral, uh, I I I really like the first Saw. I mean, kind of who didn't? I feel like everybody liked the first Saw movie. Second yeah. movie, it just did nothing for me. Third movie, I think I might have even walked out of, and then I don't think I've watched any of the other ones since then. So it, it's an interesting thing to like dive back in like six movies later or something into this series. Well, if we're going to be honest, I'm I'm exactly just like you. I'm more, like I said, I'm more into horror, I think. Mm-hmm. But with Saw, with the Saw franchise, I'm just like you. I love the first one. I remember I saw it in theaters and uh, w- with my best friend. And I remember that when the twist uh, in the end came, even if, even if, that twist really, I don't think, holds up that well mm-hmm. when you examine it. But but it really blew blew our minds, and we were like, "What?" Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the second one, just like you, it really did nothing for me. Uh, the third one, I saw it, and I just thought it was pretty bad. And I didn't see any of the other ones. <laughs> you checked out uh, at the same time, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, one of the reasons why I uh approach this one i was intrigued by chris rock's involvement sure i think it's it's what what uh i heard that he was uh he was the one that drove uh, the driving force behind this and i really was intrigued because i don't know if you've seen I, I'm, I'm intrigued by his this direction that he's taking i don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen fargo uh the the series not yet. I'm really looking forward to watching. I love that show. And yeah, I mean, I love Chris Rock, yeah. so I definitely want to watch it. The uh, most recent season, uh, he's, uh, he's the lead, and he does a pretty good job. I mean, he's not great, but he does a pretty good job at a serious character. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's kind of the, the, the reason that I, th- I thought, you know, maybe this might work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I exactly the same for me. I the the Chris Rock angle definitely is what drew me in. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Chris Rock for the longest time. As a matter of fact, I have a Pootie Tang license plate. Uh, <laughs> my, my license plate is Klepa from the movie uh, Pootie Tang. Uh, but yeah, so Chris Rock, big fan, and it, it's interesting to see him try this stuff. And of course, this movie was his idea i mean he he didn't like write it or direct it or anything like that but it comes from his idea of of a a project for himself and i I think that'll come up more in our puzzle pieces as we get along but why don't we uh just jump right in now and start talking about some puzzle pieces what do you have for your first one okay um i'm gonna start with the obvious one before you you snatch it (laughs) um and the first puzzle piece i have is seven sure yeah uh this is one that uh, it's pretty much compared every on, on almost every article you read about the film. You know, you have a serial killer with a moralistic agenda, and it's mm-hmm. pursued by two cops, reluctant partners. You have a veteran that happens to be an African-American, and you have a rookie or a younger one that seems to be more idealistic. 
Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Chris Rock is currently about as old as Morgan Freeman was when Seven came out. So there you go. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you see him and you think, oh, he, he was very old. But Chris Rock is 56, I think. And Morgan Freeman was 58 or something. Chris when, Rock when... does not age. He looks no, exactly no. the same. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. But anyway, this connection, I think, goes even back to the original Saw which also featured the same template and also had two cops. But the original didn't rely that much in the cop angle, but rather on the Cary Elways and Lee Wanell trap in the bedroom angle. Mm-hmm. In this one, I think it's more evident, and I think uh, director Boseman has said as much. In Seven, you had a serial killer forcing people to uh, atone for their sins, which is kind of right. what Jigsaw did. But anyway... One of the arguments between Mills and Somerset in Seven is that John Doe is punishing instead of making them repent. Here, the serial killer is following the same MO, but you can argue mm-hmm. that he's actually punishing those that he holds responsible for, for you know, killing his father. You know, we're, we're, uh, you're going to put the spoiler warning, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Spoil, spoil away. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, there's even the delivery of a box at one point in spiral mm-hmm. uh, even if even though Bozeman doesn't handle the tension as well as uh, obviously as in seven but there sure. is that and in both films it all boils down to a climatic confrontation in which a loved one from one of the detectives is in danger and ultimately killed allowing the killer to succeed one way or another Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No happy endings here. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, definitely the, the tension around, around what's in the box is a major part of Spiral as it was in Seven. And uh, I think I even read that part of Chris Rock's initial pitch was uh, Seven meets 48 hours. Because like the Eddie Murphy classic, he was trying to kind yeah. of bring his comedy into this uh, very heavy, very dark thriller type of movie. Yeah, you can see, you can definitely see that. That, um, And I'm going to probably mention that on one of my other puzzle pieces, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll go right along with that. And, uh, you know, talking about Chris Rock and taking taking this uh, this rookie recruit along with him and, and police business, I'm going to go with Training Day for another puzzle piece because, you know, Aside from the main through story of, oh, this is a Saw movie and there's killer a killer putting people in these crazy traps and lots of gore and all that kind of stuff, uh, the meat of this movie is really Chris Rock riding around with uh, uh, Max Minghella and um, really kind of like razzing him and, and, and trying to make his, his job tough and like really uh, show him the ropes and, and make it difficult for him. And we don't, you know, find out until later on that, you know, maybe he should have been a little, you know, a little nicer to this guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because of where things end up going. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is kind of what makes this movie a little bit more enjoyable. And, and I should say uh, this movie is absolutely being trashed as far as critics are concerned. I, I'm not quite sure. I don't think we we talked ahead of time uh, what you ended up thinking of the movie. If you if you like it or not, I I I didn't hate it. I, I feel like even though this movie is getting <laughs> trashed so badly by critics, I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit. I I'm probably closer to you than than, than trashing it. Uh-huh. I didn't hate it, but it's definitely 
not that good, I will right. say. Uh, some of the performances are shaky. Everybody's like too loud in the in the police <laughs> precinct. Like everybody feels the need to scream, uh, sure. yeah. um, scream. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> the the twist you can see it from a mile. Um, oh, yes. The flashbacks are pretty, I don't know, I didn't like them that much. The traps, I felt, were uninspired, maybe. Yeah, I Uh, think that's fair. I think that that it's too bland to be a Saw, uh, to see it as a Saw sequel. Mm -hmm. And it's not that thrilling to see it as a crime thriller, as a police thriller. So it kind of sits in that middle ground where, you know, there's some talent involved and there's some good stuff here and there. And I kind of like Chris Rock in it. I think he he uh, almost pulls it out. But other than that, I, I wasn't really that big of a fan. Yeah. If it wasn't for Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson being Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, this movie would be a total wash. But yeah. be- because of them and their personalities, I think it's you could do much worse with 90 minutes of your time. You know, and that's another thing. This movie doesn't overstay its welcome like a lot of movies lately. Even if even if I think it could have had like uh, maybe five minutes more, I think the ending was too abrupt. It is it very abrupt. Yeah. Just kind of ended and, and that's it. Yeah, but that's yeah. it. Well, why don't we move on to your next puzzle piece? What do you got? Okay, um, from an obvious one, I'm going to switch to one that might seem like a stretch, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. But I do think it serves as some sort of a faraway inspiration, and I think there's bits and pieces of it uh, are definitely in Spiral's DNA, and it's Pulp Fiction. Okay. The connections I saw, they go from fairly obvious, like the casting of Samuel L. Jackson, the fact that the main character is called Ezekiel, Seek, you know, like like sure. uh, Jules Winfield's favorite Bible verse, <laughs> to the pairing of two characters in Ezekiel and and Schenk. Uh, obviously, in this case, they are cops as opposed to hitmen. But I think the film makes kind of the point that they behave like hitmen. You know, killing yeah. innocent people, storming into apartments, in a more subtle Easter egg-like way. There are a couple of shots that I felt were homages to Tarantino's film. In the scene where Banks and his partners are raiding an apartment, there's a shot from inside the trunk as they pull out their shotguns, kind of like in Pulp Fiction or sure, pretty much yeah. every Tarantino film. There's also a scene when Banks and Shank they go to the subway where the first uh, uh, character was killed, where Boatsman pulled a, a neat continuous shot as they go inside and down into the station. And... Uh, Banks and Shank have a sort of playful banter at that point, which kind of gave me vibes of Jules and Vincent walking through the apartment hallways looking for bread. And uh, finally, there's an Easter egg from Boatsman. I don't know if you noticed, but right after the wax trap, the one with the the captain, Mm -hmm. uh, when Banks walks out of of that basement, there's a door that reads Jules and Vincent, or Vincent and Jules, something like that, which I read that. Yeah, yeah. Which I read that Boseman did, obviously, as a result of Jackson, of Samuel L. Jackson's casting. Well, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you're naming all these, uh, all, all these little Easter eggs that are in there, but I did not even catch like half of those. So those are some <laughs> really interesting ones. And I, I think this is a movie that um, I, I, I think it, it's very much inspired by these kinds of movies, like these kinds of crime thrillers. And of course, you know, Tarantino is such a, a huge influence on 
everything that's come since him. I mean, obviously him yeah. himself is influenced by so many, uh, so many crime things that came before him, but, uh, he has such a huge shadow over everything that's come since. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense. And then I'll just throw in there, uh, not a fully formed puzzle piece or anything, but just talking about like Easter eggs and references to Tarantino. I also thought of Samuel L. Jackson at the end of the hateful eight, when he's like bleeding out and he's like, you know, pleading, uh, with, with, uh, what's his name to, to shoot this motherfucker, you know? And like, yeah. it just reminded me of the same kind of, uh, Samuel Jackson energy that, that we get there. Yeah. 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 You can see, you can definitely see that. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go to another puzzle piece and I, I don't know how much the previous Saw movies, like I said, I, I haven't seen like the last few of them. I only saw those first few. I don't know how much the traps are like this, but definitely in Spiral, it feels this way. I thought of Mortal Kombat fatalities, specifically <laughs> in the game, not so much these movies, the new movie or the old classic movies, but in the video games. The way that they're not part of the actual narrative, the actual narrative in those games would be fighting each other, you know, but then you push a bunch of buttons and you watch this fatality unfold. That's not actually part of the narrative. It's almost like a cut scene. <laughs> and in, in this movie, every single death trap thing, it's not happening in real time. It's all flashbacks to things that already happen. And so like they're completely cut out of the narrative or any sense of timing of these characters and what they're going through. And so it, it, it just feels like that where it's just like, okay, now we're going to show you a person getting killed graphically for like two minutes and then we'll get back <laughs> to the actual story, you know? And so that's how the traps feel in this movie. Maybe that's how they are in a lot of the other Saw movies. I'm not sure, but Mortal Kombat fatalities that that's a good one that's definitely a good one um i think yeah it, it could have definitely benefited from seeing uh someone pull the spine out of someone but well oh at, at least we had a, a, a nerve what was it uh, a spiral nerve or something severed but well they're, they're getting they're getting really out there. I, I joked on Twitter that uh, hopefully in the next one someone will build a large hadron collider and and just completely rip time but, fabric out of someone's face. I don't know. But, but you know, since, since we're we're talking about that, before I go into my next puzzle piece, um, one of one of the things I didn't like about the direction that the Saw films uh, went is the fact that the traps became like the focal point of the film. And if you mm -hmm. look at the first one, which is the, 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 the only one I liked, it was more psychological. And the yeah. traps were there. The traps were there, but they were like flashbacks, quick flashbacks. And you saw this guy trapped in a, a room with, with racers, this girl with a, a helmet. And the focus was this dynamic between Carrie Elwes and, and Lee Wanell uh, and what they were going to do with each other and if they were going to betray each other or, or, or not. But then the traps kind of became the focal point and, you know, we're, we're coming up with traps and trying to build a weak narrative around them. And that's, sure. that was a, a turn off eventually for me. Yeah, no, I agree that that is, and it's funny, like I haven't seen the original uh, saw since, like opening weekend when it came out in the theater. I remember liking it a lot, but I also like barely remember the traps. Like I remember the twist of it all. And I, I remember the, the mystery and like the, you know, the excitement of, of how are they going to get out of this situation? I, the traps were like second nature. And so it is crazy. Yeah. That that's what this whole series became about. Yeah. So uh, what do you got next? 
So my next puzzle piece might go back a bit to what you mentioned about 48 hours. One could mm -hmm. argue that Spiral draws inspiration from countless body cop films from the 80s and the 90s. But the one I think had the biggest connections were Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. Sure. Obviously, you have, again, two cops, uh, reluctant partners, a veteran that happens to be an African-American, reluctantly paired with a younger one. But beyond that, the second one, Lethal Weapon 2, you have the bad guys uh, targeting a group of cops. You know, Myrtle, Riggs, and all their partners with, um, mm. guess what? A series of booby traps, which yeah. uh, most people remember more from Murtaugh's uh, rig toilet. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of what we get in Spiral with the killer targeting Banks and his partners with a series of traps. I also think Spiral would have definitely benefited from a toilet trap, but, well. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been good. That, that would fit, too, really well. <laughs> Yeah, I can picture Samuel L. Jackson just screaming about it. It'd be like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, great, great pieces. And let's also not forget, you know, Lethal Weapon Four. Chris Rock was in that one, oh, so um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's probably <laughs> sticking in his head. You know, <laughs> yeah, it flew past me. Yeah, but you're right. <laughs> but yeah, those movies, uh, fantastic. I, I I haven't watched either of those in a long time, but they were so great at the time. And yeah, it, the the way that they they mix like all of that, the the, the traps and the, and the 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 cop stuff and comedy and all of it, they're just really fun movies and they're great. Yeah, I'm gonna move to another piece, and this one's actually uh, not a movie or a form of entertainment or anything like that. It's kind of a curveball of a puzzle piece, but um. I, I think a, a inspiration for uh, where this particular story goes is a, a lot of the current political climate right now, ever since the George Floyd murder. And I, I, I would I would say like the whole ACAB thing, the whole all cops are bastards, which I think is definitely a point of view that this film has where, you know, the cops, every single one of them is, uh, you know, at, at best uh problematic and yeah. uh you know covering up bad cop uh behavior and at worst are just straight up freaking killers and uh <laughs> you know the worst aspects of of what we uh are associating police with right now in 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 the real world and so i think that that is definitely on the mind of of the filmmakers while while writing this movie and creating a situation where some of the worst of the worst of of that world are kind of getting their comeuppance in saw fashion. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that puzzle piece goes perfectly with with my my fourth one. Okay. Because the 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 other one this is another one that at first uh it seemed like a stretch to me, but I did get some bite from it and from what you mentioned uh on, on that puzzle piece it definitely it, there's something something of it there. And it's LA Confidential. Sure. Uh you know, LA Confidential features again a trio of reluctant partners that find themselves in the midst of a conspiracy of police corruption with instances of police brutality where some figures of authority aren't who they seem to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, here in a spiral, you obviously have a group of corrupt, like you said, corrupt and murderous cops, which include the figures of authority in the former captain, which is played by Samuel Jackson, as well as the current captain, which is played by uh, Marisol Nichols. Mm -hmm. And I've read that, although the, to go to, to what you were mentioning, although the film and script were written before the recent events of 
George Floyd, Breonna Banks, and Amari, and whatever, mm-hmm. and the list is endless. The list goes on and <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. That, that uh, Bozeman apparently wanted to shed a light on the issue of police brutality even before this happened. So there's that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's certainly a thing that, that stretches back in this country's uh, yeah. history a long, long time. So there's plenty of examples of it. And it, it would have been been around, like you said, all the way back, LA Confidential, further, further back from there. But yeah, definitely. It's just, it's such a uh, a, a big thing in the ether right now as, as movies are being made. I'm sure we'll see uh, more movies that kind of delve into that and maybe in, you know, slightly more subtle ways, <laughs> not, yes. not, not <laughs> <soft> spiral ways, <laughs> but, uh, okay. I'll, I'll go with my, uh, final piece here, which I'm going to actually combine a couple of movies, uh, that I feel ended in somewhat similar ways here. Like you kind of touched on the abruptness of the ending, uh, earlier. And one of them actually talking about LA confidential, uh, another Kevin Spacey movie, not exactly having the best moment these last few years, but, uh, <laughs> the usual suspects. And then also i combine with that ex machina, a movie that I love so much, but both movies that end with like that big reveal and the you know the main characters basically losing and le- left kind of like yelling in in uh, in disbelief and shock that they were just bested and the bad guys getting away and uh, you know major spoiler alerts for Spiral but we already said that uh, <laughs> but yeah I mean it, it, this movie literally just ends on the cliffhanger of the bad guy getting away and uh, those were the like the first two examples of that 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 kind of came to mind yeah i was struggling to come up with more puzzle pieces but the, the names have escaped me but i was thinking what was what were these films where um a, a kid sees uh, one of his parents killed and then he comes comes back to to seek revenge sure. or what are these films where uh, the partner ends up being the the a traitor or the bad guy and i know there yeah. are endless examples but i just couldn't come up i i, I kept my, my mind kept going blank but yeah those are two two great examples yeah and it goes back to for example seven as well uh, sure another example of uh, the bad guy winning yeah, absolutely. That that it, it's a very bleak, bleak movie, and and a tradition that's that's very bleak. A lot of these kinds of movies, but I, you know, I think that that kind of lends itself to kind of the dark kind of story that I think this kind of film is trying to tell and sell. Um, but I'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle here. Read down the list of things we talked about, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts about Spiral. Yeah. Um, we talked about, well, of course we included some of the other Saw movies in the mix there, but then also we talked about Seven, Training Day, Pulp Fiction, Mortal Kombat, Lethal Weapon, ACAB, <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> LA Confidential, and The Usual Suspects, and Ex Machina. So uh, are there any other closing thoughts you have or um, things that we kind of didn't get to uh, while going through puzzle pieces here? Well, I don't know what in plan for for this spin-off um i i think i didn't didn't check but i think it's not doing that well in the box office not particularly uh, yeah no but because it, it, the the critics like you say have trashed it but i will be intrigued to see maybe a different director or maybe a different writer mm-hmm. uh, kind of like take the story uh further into this 
thriller, um, cop thriller uh, uh, field. But I guess like like we're saying, I don't know. I, I doubt it's going to happen now. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to 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 imagine that they would continue it with it not doing so well, and especially the. I mean, the critical response doesn't always matter, but I mean, it, definitely box office matters, and it, it's hard to imagine. But I do think you know, like we talked, we started the conversation talking about Chris Rock and how much we like him, and I I think that there's definitely places to go with the character. I think the character could be in a better version of this if they were to continue it. Um, there's also the kind of elephant in the room of the fact that Tobin Bell does not return in this yeah. and could potentially, you know, be filtered back in. And I don't know if that would maybe do something for fans of the series. Uh, you know, obviously it wouldn't do much for me necessarily, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would be interested in seeing more of this, but like I said, it just, the whole movie exists. I, I, I joked on my letterbox that it's not a so bad it's good movie. It's just a good, bad movie. And, and like a movie that like you could just you can watch and it it's not great but at the same time you're kind of entertained by the end of the 90 minutes yeah you, you don't hate it I and mean, you don't scream at it but you kind of forget about it uh, shortly afterwards yeah absolutely and uh yeah you meant you mentioned earlier the uh melted wax death trap and i had forgotten that one completely i remember some <laughs> of the other ones but yeah just right, right right out of my head just gone but uh and that was pretty creepy but it still didn't make a lasting yeah. impression you know <laughs> i'm still figuring out could, could someone survive if uh if he or she severs the spinal cord i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah Actually, that was a, that was a moment in the movie, yeah, because he starts like pushing down her, trying to give her CPR. It's like there's a big yeah. knife in the back of her neck now. Like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna work, but uh, I don't know. I I think that about does it for this movie. I I think we we gave this movie a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt in going through these puzzle pieces, and um, <laughs> I, I I think we 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 kind of covered it as as best as this movie kind of deserves to be covered. But I think that that does it. Is there a a movie? Movie you watched recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners, Carlo? Well, um, there are two films uh, that I that I would like to mention because they're the last ones I saw between Spiral, and they're not very well known. I actually didn't know about them until I just saw them last week. Uh, the first mm -hmm. one is called Le Jour Salévé. It's a 1939 French film. Okay. Uh, directed by Marcel Carnet. And somebody recommended it to me. I hadn't even heard about it. But it's about this uh, worker that meets this woman and they start a relationship. But he realizes that she's more interested in another guy, uh, a kind of uh, sleazy entertainer or magician. Mm -hmm. And it's the dynamic that develops after that. Um, it's very, uh, it, it was great, really. I really, really loved it. It, it goes back and forth uh, with flashbacks and where the character is right now and where he was and how he met this woman. And it felt ahead of its time. It's the kind of film that when I saw it, I, I, I thought, you know, this feels as if it was made 20, 30, 40 years later. It's right, from right. 1939. It has a, a noirish vibe to it mm -hmm. but it, it was pretty good cool. the other one was not very good it wasn't bad but it was it, it surprised me it's a 1974 uh slasher film 
called Devil Times Five. Okay. Um, and it's about uh, a group of kids, five kids. That's why why it's called Devil Times Five, that escape from a, a, a an asylum or something because they have psychological problems, and they are killers. And they end up finding their way to a cabin of a of a rich man, where he's uh, with with some family and and co-workers and they the kids basically uh, start killing them all <laughs> so it, it was it was uh it was not great but it was interesting it was edgy and it was uh, a bit of a bold film all right yeah I, i've never heard of it but i i just looked up the artwork and i, I love the artwork for it. it's like this kind of like silhouette that's like all scratchy drawn it, yeah. it looks really cool yeah yeah it, it was pretty good it, it surprised i, I mean Going back to what I said, it wasn't great, but right. it was it was um, uh, surprising. Let's okay. say, let's call it that way. Awesome, awesome. Well, great recommendations there. And uh, Carla, why don't you tell people again where they could find uh, you and your podcast? Well, uh, they can follow me on Twitter at tiefcgt t h i e f c g t. They can they can also follow the uh, podcast Twitter at tmml2021. The podcast is available on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, in Podchaser. You can look it for uh, Thief's monthly movie loot, and you can find you can find me there, and you can listen to my episodes, leave a review, share the link, and let me know what you think. Awesome, and I'm looking forward to joining you on an episode real soon. I, I got a couple ideas I'm going to run by you soon. Yeah, so. you know, we can uh, bounce around ideas and see where, where when we can get together. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, Carlo, thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey. Are you that weird one in your friends group that loves to watch true crime documentaries? Have you ever wanted to learn more about the lesser known crimes? And are you fascinated with ghost stories? I'm Hannah, the creator, editor, and host of Murder Bucket, a podcast that talks about, get this, murders, paranormal activity, abductions, kidnappings, and weird stuff. Join me every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, to get the inside scoop on some of the most interesting topics in the true crime world. I am also very active on social media. You can find me on Instagram at MurdBucket, Facebook at BucketMurd, and Twitter at the Murder Bucket. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Spiral. Uh, thanks to Carlo for joining me on that episode, and definitely check out his podcast. I will be on there soon enough. Uh, we are planning an episode uh, to record sometime soon. I, I was really busy in the month of May and didn't do that many guest appearances, but uh, June is already kind of uh, filling up. Uh, but if anybody out there wants David Rosen from the Piecing It Together podcast on their podcast, uh, get in touch with me. And if you want to join me for an episode of Piecing It Together, get in touch with me too. Lots of movies coming up that we're going to want to cover here on the show. So uh, thank you as always to everybody who's listening. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at PiecingPod on all the major social media apps. And we also have our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. 
And, uh, yeah, I told you about the Patreon at the top of the show. Check that out. Produced by David Rosen. Lots of great content. A bunch more coming soon on there. Uh, and you might be listening to this on there right now. And if you are, I thank you very much for being a subscriber. So, uh... I am, at the time of this recording, about to finish up this film that I've been working so hard on the past month. Uh, so I am going to close out the show with a piece of music that digs into my soundtrack album that I put out last year, Beater, the original motion picture soundtrack, which combines music from the feature film Beater that I scored and a bunch of short films with the same director, Chris Johnson. And this one is actually the first film we worked on together called The Usher. It's a uh, kind of like a thriller, maybe psychological thriller, but with a little bit of a horror aspect to it. But um, yeah, this is included on the Beater uh, soundtrack album as one of the short films that we worked on. And nice and dark and thrillery and I think uh, a good fit for an episode on Spiral on a Saw movie. So enjoy this track. It's called The Usher. And uh, it actually played over the end credits of the film. And you can check that film out on the Free Your Mind Films YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can check the album out on iTunes or on Spotify or any of the digital music services. So check that out. Check both of those things out. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.